Glenn sounds like. Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. Hey. All right. It's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Hey, I'm Dr. Lisa. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm, it, Billy, are you there? I man? am here. I am here. Okay, so <laughs> listen, folks. This is like, when I'm on vacation in Las Vegas. I am actually looking out my window at Caesars Palace right now um, from the 17th floor of my hotel. <laughs> so uh, I... Um, Today is going to be a particularly special day because another one of our hosts who has two shows here, Billy Crosby, yeah. has agreed to be my guest. How hey, Billy. That? Hey, Lisa. Hey, Dr. Lisa. How are you? Good, good. Wow. So this is so funny because you're in the studio and I'm in Las Vegas. <laughs> are you jealous? Are you I, like thinking, yeah, you're a little, come on. I would love, I would love, Vegas? I would love to be in Las Vegas right now. <laughs> yeah, you could be in Las Vegas with my husband and in this hotel and he'd probably be a lot happier than he is now being stuck with me. <laughs> no? Well, I don't no? know. He laughed. Know. He laughed. He's like, you're doing a radio show. I'm going to the pool. Oh, okay. Oh, he has his headphones. He heard me. He, he heard that. that. <laughs> I was going to be on the show later. He's still here. Anyway, um, this going to be hilarious and uh i'm really glad because you know i uh billy listen folks i'm talking to you you yep. listeners in your basements at home <laughs> um billy's a great guy and he's got such a positive friendly he's also kind of in my age group i really like billy a lot and uh you know we don't get to really know each other that much and so we're gonna uh find out like uh what's inside billy's head and uh <laughs> I think it's going to be, so we're all going to get to know him together, like better. And um, he has two really fabulous radio, not just like one show, guys. He's got two. This guy's ambitious. So, Billy, tell us about your two radio shows and everything so that we know we 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 know what you're what you're doing over at Radio Free Brooklyn. Okay, I have a, uh, I just, in fact, I just finished uh, an hour ago. I have uh, the Thursday morning at 11 o'clock show. It's called the Attitude Adjustment Hour. And uh, kind of the basis for that was to, I'm always thinking about that time before lunchtime and right before you go into the afternoon where a lot of people may be like studying or cleaning the house or feeding the kids or, or something like that and just wanted to have some kind of music to go along with that, kind of a soundtrack to go with that. Mostly, mm. mostly up-tempo stuff that you could, you know, when you're vacuuming and, you know, and the Rolling Stones are on, you know, the vacuuming's a little easier, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you are so, you have such a positive view of people that you think they're vacuuming, but I yeah. like that. Well, I mean, because, I mean, I, I try to imagine what I'd be doing if I Is was at home. Is that what you'd be doing, vacuuming? Yeah, I'd either be cleaning or, or laying down. You know, wow, and, we are getting to know you. So, um, tell us about your other show and what time? Oh, it's 11 o'clock on Thursday. 11 and I know that because yes. I see you right when I come in. Yes. So, um, every week. So, what about your other show? Now, the other show is Sunday night at 11 o'clock p.m. I have this thing with 11s, I guess. And uh, 11 to 1 on Sunday night, it's called Cosmic Debris. And that was, mm-hmm. uh, that was the first show that I had here on Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's uh, named after a Frank Zappa song. Ah. Yes. 
you know, look here, brother, who you driving with that cosmic debris, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. And so I thought that was pretty you know, cool. When, when my brother and I, when we were kids, we had a, a hamster named Billy the Pimp. <laughs> oh, no, a fish, a fish. Oh, wait, what was it? Was it Billy? Or am I... Yeah, the Frank Zappa song is called Willie the Pimp. Yeah, Willie the Pimp. Yeah. Right, I'm getting yeah. confused because because yeah. Billy <laughs> Willie Willie the Pimp, a goldfish. Our hamster was named Fang, and our goldfish was Willie the Pimp. Nice. So uh, I hear you. I hear you. That's awesome. And um, what's so? What well, kind of music? Well, Cosmic is Debris that? is a little is a little um, it's a little darker. Like we. Uh, it's uh, it can be up tempo at times, but a lot of times, let's say for instance, uh, uh, attitude adjustment show would be would be like um, the Beatles, right? And Cosmic Debris would be like Leonard Cohen. Ah, uh, you know, so uh, it's a little spacier, a little darker. There's more. I uh, uh, put more, not just music, but I'll put in maybe some poetry or some people speaking Ooh. about something, you know, mix it up a little more like that, but it's kind of like a, more like a, a, a theater piece than a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. than just a straight radio show. Billy, you do three hours of programming a week. That's incredible. <laughs> I can barely make it through one. Look I, at me. Look at me. I love the radio. I can barely make it through this. You're incredible. <laughs> I love the radio. Um, That's my thing. You do. You do. Um, you know what? Before we really get into mm. our interview, I want to um, push the, the uh, Miss Subway's pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miss because so can, can I, I just want to tell everybody about that. Absolutely. So you know I'm Miss Subway's, yes. right? Yes, you are. Billy, you know I'm <laughs> Miss Subway's. I want yeah. it because I told everybody that I thought it was time of postmenopausal <laughs> woman became Miss Subway's. And, 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 and it is time, yes. I think it's time. So, um, but the, um, actually the, you know, I've done it a whole year. It's mm. been a blast. Mm. I love where I'm sick of my red dress. Frankly, I really, you have know. to wear like, the I red dress. <laughs> I have to wear this red. I mean, I made it happen. In, okay. in other words, like I made the rule myself that I have to wear the same oh. red dress, oh. <laughs> uh, every time, like long gown, it's probably just because I'm too lazy or cheap to buy another to to like have a whole wardrobe, but that's my Miss Subway look. And um, but anyway, so this so on Thursday, a week from today, Billy, they're having the next Miss Subway's pageant ah, ah. Um, for uh, at Littlefield, um, which is in Guanas, and you can go to Littlefield nyc.com to get tickets mm. and it's on it starts at 7 30 okay. and it, um it's at so here's the address it's 635 sackett street okay i think and uh anyway you can also go to my facebook page but you should call i mean billy you should come but everybody should come i, I definitely want to come i definitely do I definitely. Do. I think it's going to be so much fun. It was crazy last year. They have great talent contest. It's like you know, trans people and children and oh. old people and dogs and animals and like just craziness, just so, so absolute are, craziness. Are they choosing Miss Subways that night, or did they? Or, yes. Oh, oh, yes. oh. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to have to give up my responsibilities to are, the next are, person. Are and they're going to be the L train. Are you sad about down. that? <laughs> 
Are you, so yeah. I don't know. Good luck to them. That's all I can yeah. say. I got. I, I had an easy reign. Um, but anyway, so um, let's. Before we get started, I just want to give people. Let's find out more about you. So I. Um, this is what I wanted to know. I wanted to know uh, what your. Can you tell us one of either the most or one of your traumatic childhood experiences? Oh, yeah. That has really stuck with you. Oh, yeah. Still to this day, uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, when, when I was a kid, my, my dad, uh, he, he never, uh, he was cheap. He didn't want to buy anything, you know, no allowance, no, no anything like that. Wow. But, but, one, but one day he bought, for some reason, I think a rock fell on his head or something, and he bought me a, <laughs> he bought me a, a watch. And it was a time. Well, how old were you? Oh, let's say I'm gonna think 14. Okay. Right. So he bought me a watch. It might might have been younger than that, but it feels like it was 14. He bought mm-hmm. me the watch, and it was a Timex. I don't know how many people remember Timex watches. You know. Well, I sure do. Yeah, and you, uh, takes a licking and keeps on ticking. You know. Oh, all yeah, that. Right. Remember that? And uh, but it had this thing called the flexi band which uh, meant that you were able to pull the band out like a rubber band and it would snap back on your wrist. I remember those. Remember those? I remember those. Yes. I love those. Yo, those. I thought it was great. I mean, I I was always skeptical about stuff because I never really had anything. So my biggest fear was losing things. Ah. You know, so because I never had it. So my whole thing was like, now I have to focus all my attention on this watch and make mm. sure that... Because I know. Oh, my, you mean you mean the responsibility of yes, owning the watch? Yes, it got to you. Yes, and I had to watch that because, like I said, I never had anything, and if I right. if anything bad happened to this watch, that meant I would never right. get anything again ever in life. But anyway, wow. my my sister said she said, "Oh, this is the Flexi watch." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So she pulls the band as far as back as she can, but it doesn't snap back all the way. Wow. Like it doesn't oh, snap wow. back into the tight fit that it was. Right, right, right. You know? You broke it. But I thought, well, okay, you know, I mean, we, we can we can work around this. Mm-hmm. Next day, mm-hmm. at, and the next day I went to school, I believe it was the wintertime, and I remember taking my sweater off, and I didn't notice it at the time, but then when I took my sweater off, the watch came off, too. Oh no! Yeah, but I but remember because I'm not used to wearing a watch, so I didn't notice right. that it was gone right. until I right, got right, right. home. And then when I got home, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god that was the oh, I'm freaking out!" Right? Because mm-hmm. my dad, he was he was he was a pretty mean guy. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but I'm thinking maybe he won't say anything. He will just mm-hmm. say, you know, I bought him the watch, big deal, and I won't say anything about it. But of course, when he comes in, the first thing he goes, "Hey, Bill, how's that watch doing?" Mm. oh my god yeah so now i'm having a heart attack right oh I, my god and i'm like yeah it's all right it's all right he goes oh let, let's see it oh no and i'm gonna own oh, my god so i'm sitting in my room i'm shaking like a leaf oh my god i know this is it I, you know you hear the <clears throat> coming up the stairs right and he's standing in my doorway and he goes oh yeah let's see that watch and i i have the sad face on now he goes, what's going on? I said, I lost it. And he goes, you did not lose this watch. And I said, and I said yeah, I, I lost it. I don't know what happened. Maybe I, when I took my sweater off, maybe it fell off, blah, blah. He goes, you did not lose this watch. I go, I swear, I lost it. He goes, 
stop lying to me. He said, if you tell the truth, <gasps> everything will be fine. Oh, my God. So you, you kind of see where this is going, right? And uh, I said, I really, I lost the watch. He goes, don't lie to me. I know one of those boys at school took it from you. <gasps> and I'm sitting there. So here, here's, you know, little preteen, teen boy. Yeah. At a, at a crossroads that he doesn't deserve to be at, right? Right. And uh, he's gone. So I know somebody took it. And I'm going, no, I, I lost it. He goes, don't lie to me. Somebody took that watch from you. So I just gave up. I said, yeah, somebody, somebody took it from me. I'm sorry. Because see, that was much better. Oh my God. So I'm going, so I'm sitting here thinking, God, you, what happened? Right. To, what happened to the truth is good, you know, but here's where it twisted. After dinner, he comes up, he goes, so tomorrow we're going to go to school and you're going to show oh. me the boy that stole your watch. <gasps> <laughs> So I'm like, now I'm, I'm thinking, eh. so uh, I'm hoping that sometimes he forgets things. Sometimes he has to go to work early, blah, 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 blah. But he was there bright and early and I'm there and he drove me to school and we're standing out in front of the school and he's, I want you to show me the kid that stole your watch. And I'm just like flipping out. I'm flipping. Wow. And, wow. and I'm going, oh, I don't see him. So he smacks me in the back of the head. Really? Yeah. Like in front of, you know, getting beat in, you know, in, in, front, front, of, of in front of everybody is like the, the worst humiliation of all and time. And like really hit you hard. I mean, he really hit me like, who is, who is the oh guy? Oh my God. So I'm sitting there and, uh, so, oh my God. So wow. here's, here's where it twists again. So I picked some guy out. <clears throat> I just randomly pointed at somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, I could see how that happened. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm like done, you know. And uh, so he uh, he he gets the principal. They grab the kid. So me and this kid, who I don't know him, he doesn't know me. They take us to the principal's office. The principal calls that guy's dad. <laughs> now, Holy so shit. now that guy's dad comes to the school. Holy shit. Right. And him and my dad are having an argument in the principal's office. Holy shit. I'm sitting and there. And what, what's the other kid doing? What's the, the other, other kid's kid looking at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he's, like, hey, he's like really mad at you, right? Yeah. He's he, mad at you or confused? No, he's confused. He doesn't, he has no uh, idea okay, what's going good. on okay. here. You know, okay. he's like, who are you? Why are you, what, why yeah, are you like, picking me? Okay, I didn't do cool. anything to you. So they're arguing. So as it turns out, my dad, and this is uh, indicative of who my father was, my dad made the kid's dad write him a check for the watch. Get out. Yes. Your dad is amazing. Yeah, I mean. He, Are you kidding me? Uh, for real. He made him, he made him he write. He gave a, your dad a check? Yes. My dad told him, you're going to pay for, me? you're going to pay for my son's watch. Now, in the so, meantime, you know, there was no stolen anything. It was just right, right. Me, right, tr right. me trying to self-preserve myself now is all that was going on, right? And uh, so he did it. The, the guy's dad came out with the kid and said, hey, son, don't worry about it. it. Ain't no big deal. You know, he was, like, really nice to his kid about it. 
My mm-hmm. dad looked at my dad looked at me and goes, "Remind me not to ever do anything for you again, ever." Aww. And left me sitting in that office, right? Oh. So I'm sitting there in the office. I'm like, you know, I want to die because Aww. I just thought this is just so awful. But I thought, well, at least this is done now. Right. But you know, junior high school, everybody talks to everybody. Right. So when I came back, right. to, when I came back to school the next day, nobody spoke to me. Oh, and that's Billy, the and that's the that's way. A- Tragic. That's the way the rest of junior high school was. Oh, Nobody spoke tragic. to me. No, everybody tragic. was kind of like, and whenever there was any kind of acknowledgement, and this was from teachers as well, when there was any kind of acknowledgement, it was kind of, you know, the thing where people shake their head like, you know, <laughs> like you're, like you're pathetic. You right. Know? No, how, how horrible. And your, did your dad have any idea about what, what happened at school or what what he had caused the trauma. Oh, that, no, he, that is traumatic. Are I, you kidding? He found out years later. I, I told no him. No wonder he wound up at Radio Free Brooklyn with, every, <laughs> with all the other nutcases like me. Yeah. I get it. Way no, later, but, um, way later when I was, after, I think I was uh, in my, I must have been in my 30s when uh, I finally, I don't know how it came up, but somehow I was talking to him on the phone one day and, uh, and I told him about it and everything, and and he there was just silence. He didn't have. He didn't even say I'm sorry. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he sounds like a. Um, he sounds he sounds very very painful to grow up with. Yeah, it was, it was very painful. But then you know yeah. what? The, the, what you know what the weird thing is is that then in retrospect, I find out about how he grew up. Yeah, right? and then I get it starts to make sense why he was the way he was. Really? How did yeah. he grow up? Well, he, I mean, that's he, a very, that's a very mature, that's a very, uh, it's weird, enlightened. Yeah, it's, it's a weird. very enlightened point to make. It was weird. I think. Yeah. He was, he, uh, he was born in South Carolina and he ran away from home when he was 14. He just said, screw these people. I hate everyone. And he, I'm, I want to, I just want to watch. I'm just going to go out there. I'm 14. I want my watch now. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Not funny. This is not funny at yeah, all. Yeah. So, and, um, and, and he, so he uh, lived in South Carolina. Yeah, he uh, he, he met ran my, away from home. Yeah, he met my so mom. Parents, yeah, he met my mom there in South Carolina. They both met, and then they both came to New York, where he changed his last name. Really? Yes. Well, what was it before? It was Thompson before. Thompson. Yes. Why did he change his name? Did he not want his folks to yeah, find he him? Just wanted, he just wanted. He wanted. He just wanted to be his own guy. He didn't mm-hmm. want to have no, no connection to anybody. So he changed. But he came to New York City at age fourteen with his girlfriend from. No, North no, no. Carolina? I mean, they, they, I mean, he met my mom there. They came up a little later. I mean, they were a little older when they got up here. But uh, but that's oh, what he did when oh, he got I here. See. He got up here. Oh, I guess, she came later. Yeah, I see. Yeah, and then changed his name, and then uh, and I didn't know didn't think much of of the name change until um you know at at the uh at we were at a family picnic and everybody had the same last name except us really how old were you at that time uh see uh god so now maybe yeah maybe we're in the 20s maybe we're in the late 20s did, did you ever say did you ever like wonder where your grandparents were or anything like that or? well i mean i i've i've i met uh 
my grandmother on his side once and uh-huh. uh, a, a grandma on my mother's side I've met a couple of times I had visited her in Beaufort South Carolina and uh, mm-hmm. it was really mm-hmm. it's really gorgeous there and uh yeah but I was so wrapped up in and wound up so tightly that I really couldn't appreciate you know having a grandma and being in a beautiful yeah. place and I was just so messed up for a, for a long time that uh I missed a lot of what actually makes life so wonderful because I was just so afraid and fear, you know, fearful and, I can imagine. and angry. I can and, imagine. You know, I so can I imagine. missed a lot of stuff. So, so did you, so your parents, did they stay married? Yeah, they, uh, uh it's funny about people of, of that generation is that they weren't after a while, after the kids grow up, I have a, a brother and two sisters all younger. And after mm-hmm. we all got pretty much grown up, you know, uh, mom decided that's that I'm out, uh, you know, her thing was, enough. yeah, her thing was like, uh, I'm going to just make sure the kids are okay and that they can take care of themselves. And then I'm leaving. So she, uh, she, she did, they never got divorced. Right. She yeah. just moved out. You know, uh-huh. were and you, were you surprised or you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Well, I, I was, you- I was, I was shocked. She lasted as long as she did. <laughs> that you stayed there that long. So, you know? what were your what was your family like growing up? Like, you, so you were the oldest of four. Yes. And your dad sounds like he was a pretty abusive guy. Yeah, he was. He was abusive. I used to take all the. Uh, I used to take the punishment for my brothers and sisters whenever stuff used to happen. You were protective of them. Yeah, I used to always go. It was me. I did it. I did it. And wow. Yeah, I did that a lot. So, um. So what was your dad like? What did he do? Did he, he, my dad, he worked at a place called General Aerosmith, Aerospace Materials. And I think they made parts for airplanes. It was a great Mm -hmm. job. I mean, he had a great job, great union, made money. He used to wear, he he worked in the factory, but he used to Mm -hmm. wear a suit to work every day. Really? Yeah. You mean he wasn't a factory worker? No, he was. He didn't a, work on the line or anything. No, he did he work. A, he did work on the line, but he always wore a suit to work and would change into his work clothes at work. And then ah. when he was done, he would change back into the suit. He used to always have this thing about uh, he's like that. What was that ZZ Top song? Every girl crazy about the sharp dressed man. <laughs> yeah, he was. So he was a sharp dresser. He was a sharp. He dresser. also took a lot of. He also sounded like he took a lot of pride in who he was and absolutely, himself. absolutely. This, I mean, that's cool, right? Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was a great thing. You know, I of course I rebelled strongly against it because I didn't like him or understand it at the time. But he used to he used to say this thing like, uh, "Why do you wear a suit to work every day?" He goes, "Well, just because I I work like a horse doesn't mean I have to look like a horse." Wow. <laughs> well, that those are good lessons. I think it was, I think you know? it was outstanding. You know, but uh, it kicked my rebellion because, you know, I didn't want to be like him, you know? Sure, of course. So um, how how was that he was abusive? How did that come out? Cause- well, I mean, that that was just, that was just about, I, I think, a lot of his issues. And I think mm-hmm. have a feeling he was, that's how he came up, you know, that he mm-hmm. was, probably got beat a lot by his, by his parents. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so after a while... Uh, when I got to be a certain age, he he just realized that it just wasn't working. You know? Right. <laughs> so did he, did did he 
was he abusive to your mom? Did he yell? Did he yes, he was. He, 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 like, he what was, happened? He was very abusive to my mom, and uh, like, like I mean, he, I mean, he hit her all the time and stuff like that. And he was always verbally, really? yeah, and he was verbally abusive. And until one day, um, my my brother, who was two years younger than me, sprouted up like an oak tree mm-hmm. <laughs> and put an end to that. <laughs> what did he do? He my my brother, dad, yeah, or? my brother ended up being bigger than everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. So he came in one day during some of that stuff and and told and told my dad he would uh he would end his life if he ever did that again. Mm. So he hit. So you you mostly saw him hitting your mom. My mom. He didn't hit you guys. He hit me. Well, I was the one who well, got, hit you. Yeah, I was the one who got beat, but he didn't. And my sister, my sister's uh, my uh, next. My sister, who's younger than me, one year younger than me, was a wildcat. So he couldn't. Like, what do you mean? Like, like she would fight him. If he tried to beat her, she would fight him. So it just became too much for him to try to discipline her. You had a lot of, you had a lot of violence in your house. Yeah, a lot of, a lot did of. Did people get hurt? I mean, was it just a smack or did, did anyone ever really get hurt? No, or? there was no, not like real hospital injury or anything like that. It was no, just, but was there yelling? yelling and screaming oh yeah there was a lot it was a lot of yelling and street screaming uh it was a lot of uh the, the verbal abuse actually you know is the thing that that sticks with you more than anything yeah yeah you know, that's because that I've gets in your verbal, head i've had some verbal abuse yeah. in my day yeah from my jewish mother believe you me <laughs> but uh i mean once that stuff is, gets it, in your head it it messes yeah, with you for a long yeah, time you're worthless worthless mm. oh yeah it was, no, it was kind mean, of it. it's ter- it's it's really really terrible yeah that was kind um, of it we've got the uh you're going to end up uh dead or in jail speech too many times right right yeah. right so when you were rebellious in high school what did that look like well um i really didn't come rebellious into, against him or rebellious in general just rebellious in general but i but it was a it was a quiet rebellion i think the only mm-hmm. person who knew i was rebelling was me and until right. until I got into uh, until I got into college, mm-hmm. and then what happened? And then when Did I got you... into college, uh, it became uh, chasing white girls. <laughs> oh, you like the white girls? Yeah. And in, in fact, so how did that go out? Go. Oh, I mean, in case in case anyone can't tell, Billy Billy is <laughs> an African American. African American. Um, if you didn't know, okay. <laughs> So what happened to you, because, you know, it is really funny, like, you know, you probably, I'm guessing you didn't fit the stereotype of no, um, no, no, black not at all. guys in no. your... Yeah, it was really, qu- really, really quiet, really reserved, you know, didn't really, wasn't really outgoing or anything. And and for me, it, was, it, it was like the first person that paid attention to me was, was, this, was this pretty girl. You know who actually pretty white girl. It's pretty white girl. Pretty white Jewish girl. Oh, yes. See, her, her name was see, we Ivy. Up. We could have hooked up in high school. Yeah, You're I, just two years older than me. I, there we go. You're good looking. I'm sure. I'm sure we could have hooked up. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely, no doubt about it. No, not not now. But, <laughs> you know, I'm married and everything. You can talk to Phil about it. Phil's probably so ready to get rid of me, especially after this vacation. But, um. Oh yeah, so that was that was uh, her name was Ivy. 
Ivy. I was it Ivy Koplowitz or something really Jewy? Yeah, it was uh, uh, Ivy Rozovsky. Rozovsky. Yes. Wow. So I think she was Russian. So that Jewish. must have been really rough. You had a white girlfriend in high school. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was weird. That's how awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, because I didn't like. I said, I mean, you're talking about a guy who, you know, uh, I mean, this is in. When I got into college, that's where I met Ivy. Was in college, oh, but in college. I, I was still. And I what was. Year was it? And it was I was nineteen seventy seventy or something like seventy two. I'm going to say like seventy three, seventy four. That's like so that. radical, right? Yeah. But you know what's weird? I was still a virgin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. You know? That's sweet. I like you know? that. So that was uh, my first time, and and I was. I was, I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, I had no clue. And thank God she knew what she was doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> it could have been a mess. Girls, what do you, what do you expect? I, I, see, I didn't know nothing about any of this I, stuff. I had my first sexual experience at age 14 or 15. Uh, so uh, uh. there you go. Yeah. That see? was great. You're so lucky you got a, uh, my, my you. thing, my thing was that I was so lucky I got somebody who wasn't as messed up as I was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so did you have a good? Re- that's good. Do you had a good relationship with her? Yeah, we were uh, all all the way through college, and uh, oh, nice. So it was nice. So it was it was a two year school, but I, you know, I went there. They kicked me out. I went back. Um, well, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got kicked out because uh, they they did this very odd thing. You know, uh, when you go to high school, they give you a, a schedule card of where you're supposed to be. Uh-huh. And in college, they give you a blank card and tell you to walk around and take the classes you need to take. And I thought, right. and I thought, I'm so undisciplined right now. I don't even know what to do. Uh, you know, so I didn't know where to go. I mean, I had a little booklet that said you should take this and build up your. Oh, I your, know. You know. I got screwed up at that too. Yeah. I lost all my cards. The yeah, first I day. mean, I just yeah. I didn't know what to do. So you just didn't know how to manage it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what to do. It was the first time actually I was on my own, unsupervised. Right, and they know? don't give you any guidance. Yeah, they don't really you tell need you a anything. little guidance. That's all. You just need somebody and, to stand next to you and go, "Hey, you know what? Maybe." Make sure you get this amount of electives and make sure you take this kind of a class and da da da. Okay, well I'm gonna blame the school on that. Yeah, I blame, I'm the, blame school. the school. I blame the that. school. That wasn't your that wasn't your intention. No, I, I was I wasn't trying to like not go. I was yeah, just right. didn't that, know what to okay. do. Yeah. yeah. So what was it like having a white girlfriend in those days? Did your parents meet her or did you meet her parents? I, I never met her you know, she had her own place. Hmm, how was that? I don't know. <laughs> or else it was her parents' house, and they were never around. I never, I never met her parents. Where, where, where was it? This was in Bayside, Queens. And so she, she lived in Bayside yes. in her own place. Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like, so you didn't know where her parents were. Though? I, 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 I never asked about it. I just was so. How I was. Come? I was so weird that you and you dated her for years. I was you never said hey. I was so excited that somebody actually liked me that I didn't actually care about anything else. You're like, I'm, I'm just going to go with this. I don't want to open this up. Yeah, I don't, don't want to start any trouble. I don't, wanna, I don't want anybody to say anything that might change my mind. Or, or, But isn't it weird that like her parents, I mean, at that age, her parents never became part of the picture? Come on, Billy. Yeah, I, think, I, I think it is weird, but but I could tell you. I, that's the way it went. I, I lived down, when I lived in Hollis, Queens, I lived down the street. <laughs> From somebody who was very famous, who uh, whose parents were never around, mm. you know. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, right, because maybe that was normal. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It that was normal. I got it. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed like a... a so, so um, did your parents meet her? No, they never met her. Did they know that you were dating a white girl? Yes, they did. And did they care, or was there comments on it? My my dad my dad was from the go out and, uh, pardon my language, go out and fuck every girl you can school. Your dad was like that? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. That's and I two, and God, I, your dad sounds horrible. Yes, and I had two sisters. Oh, my God. So, what did so, they say? Well, you know what he told them? He said, watch out for these dudes. So the only thing they're trying to do is get in your pants. So he's telling well, them he's telling them that. I mean, that's good. At least he yeah. was like that. Yeah. At least it was like that. But he's te- that, but he's right down the hall telling the two boys, go out and get all you can, you know? I love this guy. He's really yeah. fucked up. Yeah, really, Sorry. really messed up. No, he is messed up. Huh? No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. No doubt um, about it. So what about at school? Was it weird? Or was, was in those days, it, did, it didn't did, seem to be did, a did problem at all. Comment on it, or no, was it? no, it seemed to be really, really open about it. There were there were a lot of uh, mixed couples, and uh, you know, of, of all different types. You know, so it didn't it didn't look it didn't stand out. It wasn't it was, like we it were, felt comfortable. That's oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad to oh, hear yeah. that. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Know, my best friend um, in her twenties had a um, black boyfriend. And she was a white Jew, mm. and um, like me. And um, she said, like, I mean, you know, whatever. We never thought about it because, you know, in New York. But then, like, if they went to like a trip somewhere else, it, it, they would they would get funny looks or something. Oh yeah, outside like that. New York was always like that. Yeah. Yeah, I dated yeah. a girl but in, in New Binghamton. York. Yeah, yeah no one like, ever thought about oh, yeah. it. I mean, I dated a girl in Binghamton once, and it was like that. It was just like. I mean, that's the one of the, uh, see, as great as New York is, right? Mm-hmm. You, it's very easy, you know, to all types of people and all types of situations. And then you leave and you just go maybe 10 miles out of New York and it becomes a different world. And, you know, when, you, know, and when you're know, not used to it, when you're not used to so, it, you're like, what's so wrong Billy, with it's, it's like the half hour we have to do the station ID, oh. right? Okay. Uh, what, do you want to do it? I'm just going to say thanks for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit every Thursday, 2 to 3, at uh, Twitter and all that stuff, at D- Dr. Dr. Lisa Levy SP. There, I did my part. Do you want to talk about the station? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. We are live from our beautiful station in Bushwick and worldwide, probably at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Tell them to listen, tell them to download the apps. Yes. Don't forget folks that we have a free iPhone app and we have a free Android app. So you don't have to stay in one place to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn and you can get them either from the app store or you can get them from Google Play. And so if you went to the iPhone app, you go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android. And that'll take you right to the installation page. You click on install and voila, you have Radio Free Brooklyn wherever you go. And uh, I love it. Good job. <laughs> so, um, you know what? So I want to ask you about how you got into radio and then we'll talk about your painting. So okay. let's. Let's, um, so how, you know, obviously you're a music lover, radio, mm, all that. So absolutely. how did you get into that? When I was a kid, I was, I was one of those kids that, uh, slept with the transistor under the pillow at night. Ah. Yeah. 
thought it was, ah. it was, it was something just very romantic about about the radio late at night when everybody was sleeping. Uh-huh. And Did I, you feel like it was kind of an escape from the craziness going on? It was an escape, and it was, it was like, yeah, it was part of my little world that I built for myself. And I, so I wanted to do it. I said, I, mm-hmm. I want to do that. I said, I can do that. I don't know where I got that from. I was never confident about anything, but I was confident that I could do that. You know, mm-hmm. and so I did that. So I used to uh, remember remember walkie talkies. Sure. I used to broadcast to my mom in the kitchen. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. That's hilarious. Put, How did you do that? Well, I put I put uh, one walkie talkie in the kitchen. That was the re- the receiving one, right? So uh-huh. when she was in there cooking, and the, the one that I had, I would just tape the handle down so that she could hear me talk, and I would just hold it over the. Uh, over the record player, and I would announce records and do the weather. And wow, in those days, in those, in those days, I was. So your mom must have been really proud of you. That's pretty cool. Was your mom like kind of sweet? My I mom, mean, my mom, kind of a sweet. My person. mom was the sweetest ever. Yes, she's very, very, mm. very sweet. So I, I used to, and I was uh, in those days. I was a top forty guy because that's what was going uh, on. You know, that was when uh, uh, WABC. Remember, and so I was yeah, like, of course. I was like, "Hey, all our listeners out there in Hollis, Queens, we got the Temptations for you on WABC." You know, I was like that. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I did that, and then I thought, okay, I had no idea how do you apply, how do you do, how do you get in it, da da da, nothing like that, and um, uh-huh. so I w- would just be that until I got to college, and when I got to college, I remember sitting in the cafeteria. You know, feeling bad about myself again. This was before I met mm. I, before I met Ivy, and uh, I heard what sounded like a radio station uh, bro- uh, mm-hmm. broadcasting over the speakers. And I ran up to one of the lunch ladies, and I go, "Where's this music coming from?" Because oh, it's the radio station it's in the Oakland building, right up there. And I tell you, Jesse Owens would have had nothing on me that day. Mm. I, I, like a bat out of hell, I ran up to that building, ran up. And now here I am, the only thing that I cared about, and I'm standing right outside the door, and it says W Q C C, and I'm standing. So, so you started doing um, radio in college, obviously. Yeah, they did. They, but you know what? They didn't let me on at first. I knocked on the door. I walked in, and and the guy was like, "Yeah, blah blah blah. You know, you're a freshman. We, you know, you have to be a sophomore." Before you can do it, but you can hang around if you want, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, so I, of course, I hung around because since I hadn't hadn't registered for any classes, I had lots of time, you know. So, <laughs> so I'm uh I'm there one afternoon, and one of the guys that's getting ready to go on the air, it's like, oh yeah, so you know, what kind of in- music are you into? I go, oh, I'm into a lot of music, and he has a stack of records, so I'm. I said, let's see what you got. And for each record, here's the weird part. For each record, for each album he pulled, I told him what track he was going to play. I guessed which track he was going to play on each one of those albums. Wow. That's like really talent. That's real talent. And he was like shocked. (laughs) Oh, you really impressed him. Yeah, he's like, like, how did you? I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, I listened to the radio. And this is, I mean, I had graduated since then to FM. So, I was listening to LIR and I was listening to NEW, so so they they played a lot of that stuff. So it, it, you know it was cool, but he was impressed by that. He was so impressed 
that they went to the station manager and and got me an air shift. That's so cool. Yeah, so I got on the air and and I uh, wasn't allowed to touch the board or anything like that. And uh, mm-hmm. and then you know of, of course one day the engineer didn't show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh right. And then what happened? So I went in. I went in. I went around to the other side of the glass and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how this works." You know. And so I knew wow. how to, I knew how to turn the mic on, so that was easy. And I thought, well, it's two turntables, so I don't. I, but I didn't know, you know, about mixing or anything. I just thought you just put the record because that's what I was doing with my mom, just putting right. the needle right, on the record. Right. So I that's thought that's so cool. I thought that's how they so did it. So when you started doing that, did that? Because obviously, what I'm getting is you mm. must have had a lot of self esteem issues, as anybody would growing up with a dad like that, right? Oh yeah, radio is a great place to hide out too. I could still do that thing that I loved, but nobody mm-hmm. would see me. Yeah, you didn't have the pressure of right. being examined right. or right. commented on. Right. But, um, so did that help your self-esteem? Did that give you an identity? It it, it helped a little bit, but then uh, then I got a, a break. Um, uh, LIR, WLIR was looking for interns. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I used that to uh, get an internship at LIR, which basically was answering the phones. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Oh. So, and I thought it was cool because now I'm like, wow, I'm in a real radio station now. You know, that was kind of my thing. And I thought, well, how can I get off of these phones and get somewhere else? Like get in the DJ booth, like get behind the mic. How can I do that? Because I didn't know what the protocol was. And, and the funny, the same thing happened again. One of the DJs came in early. His name was Ray White. Still friends with mm-hmm. him to this day. And oh, he, nice. Yes. And he and he came in and uh, had the stack of records. <laughs> and it was going through them. So I did my guess what you're going to play again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he, uh, put, but that's a, real, that's a real talent. I mean, that, that's it's not like, you know, it, that's not something you can just learn. Or yeah, it was, it was just kind of like, I think that's something cool. that was already there. So I, ended up right. in, so I ended up in the music library, and then I got a couple of fill-in shifts here and there, and then I got caught up in, in company politics, and I got fired. Um, yeah, that sounds very common. Yeah, so uh, that's why I was off of a... Uh, I was I didn't do radio for a while and zipped into uh, Manhattan again and uh, worked at a record store on Eighth Street called Record Factory. And the, oh, and the only in the seventies or eighties? Yeah, we're in we're in the late seventies going into oh, the eighties. Oh, that's been now. awesome. What was that like? Oh, it was fun. I mean, we were down the block from Electric Lady Studios. That's all I. Yeah, Electric about. Ladyland, where yes, Jimmy Hendrix did yes. his album. Yes. Right. I would just go there every day and just for my lunch break and just stand in front of it, you know? Oh yeah. That was like, it's heyday. Every, all yeah. the big, like everybody know, Beatles was probably have the Beatles. I'm sure the Beatles had all been in there and I think everybody, every great there. musician, everybody, every deal musician. There. And you would just did, watch people did, run in and out. Did all you day long. see people like serious? Did you meet musicians coming into the store? I imagine. Yeah. You did. Yeah. I met, I met a lot. Uh, I, 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 uh, made out with Marianne faithful. Get the True out. story. True story. You get the made fuck out. out. Made out with Marianne Faithful. Spit with Marianne Faithful. Swap spit, tongue to tongue. How did that happen? I was working at a record factory. She came in one day, 
and she was looking for records and and she said uh she goes oh my god i i don't have any money on me have you got any money and i was like Did you who she was right oh yeah away. as soon as she, yeah, okay. i knew yeah, who she okay. was oh yeah mm-hmm. I, I she thought, must have had like charisma just bouncing out she of her, just has right? that thing she's one of those people that she walks in and you feel her walk in okay yeah know? right and uh and so she, what happens so she, she had no money she had no money she goes Does anybody got isn't there an artist discounter everything and i'm thinking if there ain't one i'm gonna make one right now you know right. i did anything That's she true. said and she looked in a purse. She goes, oh, you know what? I'm $5 short. And I gave her my last $5. Oh, my God. And she was like, good, uh, good move, though. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah. that's so lovely. And then she kissed me, but she kept going. The next thing I know, her tongue her tongue is in my mouth. Oh, my God. Were people looking? Or Everybody was looking. Customers and staff. And she goes, oh, I'll get this back. I said, you don't have to. You just paid me back. <laughs> you have to give me. Because wow. well, we're doing a show down at the garden tonight. And you're lucky. You're, you're uh, welcome to come. Just come to the back door and ask for me. And I'll come out and get you. So did you? Well, first I had to go. I had to deal with uh, the, uh, the people that worked in the store. They were like, oh, my God, Bill. Do you know where that mouth has been? And I said, I said, you know what? I, I said, I am honored to be where that mouth has been. Yeah, really. Yeah. I said, you know where? I say we're talking about the royalty of the music business, the rock and roll. I'm happy to say that I that I'm part of that little legacy now. You know, so I, I did. I went to the garden. I knocked mm-hmm. on the back door, and while I was knocking on the back door, I suddenly realized that she never asked me what my name was. So I'm standing there for a minute and and the concert's going on and then I realize the concert's going on. Ain't nobody back here. So, yeah, so nobody was coming out to to get me. Oh, you went, but everybody was... Yeah, everybody was, they were on stage. Wow. So I... uh, Wow. So I went home. So what happened? So what happened? Yeah, I left and I went. I went back downtown and drank myself into a stupor. <laughs> oh, that sounds like. Well, it's it's still it's still you had you had a pretty big big experience. I thought I thought uh, nobody. So we're going to run out of time. Oh, I wanted to okay. talk to you about your paintings, oh. but like we're going to run out of time. So um, let's let's just quick quickly get to that. So okay. I, um, you have a lot of work, mm. a lot of paintings. I mm. see that. I mean, we've talked about, we started talking about it in the studio, but um, I know people go to your um, Facebook page, they can see a lot of your work. So um, tell us about, like, what's going on with your painting now, like, because it seems like something that's a really big factor in your life. Yeah, it's really, it's really kind of the factor, actually, you know, right after radio, you know, it's, it's the thing, it's a something that I, I did as a kid and then I stopped because, you know, somebody made fun of me or gave me a hard time and I didn't do it for a long, long, long time. And then um, I got back into it for a little bit and I thought, ah, you know, I'm not really into this. Da, da, da. And it, it made me sad because I really enjoyed doing it. But it, it made me sad for a little while that I just didn't seem to want to do it. And then uh, about five, six years ago, a friend of mine who is an artist, was having a a block she was having she couldn't Mm -hmm. she couldn't do Mm -hmm. anything 
And I'd read in a book someplace about an exercise for people with creative blocks. So I said, uh, this is what we're going to do. You and I are going to do a painting a day for the next 30 days, right? And it's not about anybody seeing it or or judging it or anything. We're just going to get back into the flow of painting, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and uh, I said, but there's a catch to it. Mm-hmm. I said, you have to post it. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, you know, oh, that's smart. Yeah, I said, because it'd be real easy to go, hey, yeah, I did the work. I said, so. I know. Now you got to put it out there. And good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter. Even if you take a big magic mark and put a big red X on a piece of paper, you do that and post it. So, but when I, I made a painting on this little piece of cardboard, I felt so good. I mean, my body was tingling. Oh. And I just thought, oh, my God. And did God. your friend keep up with it? She stopped after about 15, but I kept going. Really? I so just, do you do a painting every day? Just about. Just about, yes. Wow. Yes. Wow, that's impressive. So you have like a little studio set up at home? No, or? no, I'm, 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 I am technically homeless. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, how, how, I, I, how does how does one have two radio stations and also be homeless and a painter? Uh, it's weird. It's, it's weird. I I mean, I was uh, one of the things I was doing a lot was cat sitting. I sit for a lot of cats. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so I end up being at people's homes for like two weeks, a week, ten days, mm-hmm. three days. So mm-hmm. I do that a lot. And so far, I've been lucky where there hasn't been really any gaps. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and when I have those gaps, I've been uh, been uh, staying at the ex-wife, which is uh, I do not suggest for anyone oh, to do. Okay, well, you have a backup plan. Yeah, but it's 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 not well. Well, that, it ended recently, so the ex-wife was like, you know, time to move on. You know, so uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh. so that's what I'm doing. So it's kind of like that. That's my life. My life is the only thing that I need is a space that's mine. So, so in other words, maybe uh, the painting is a way for you to keep some like consistency in your life, right? Yeah, it, it, it makes me happy. We're doing mm. that and doing the radio so what, show makes what me is, happy. Mm-hmm. Have you studied painting or art? Or uh, no. I mean, it sounds like you did it as a child. Like you've always been yeah, inclined like, that. Yeah, I would like that cop, way, right? I would like try to dupl- duplicate what I saw in comic books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or, mm-hmm. I or, did that uh, too. I did yeah. that too. Yeah. Except mine were Betty and Veronica. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember fashions. them. I had such a crush on Veronica. Oh, <laughs> oh I hate Veronica. I know because she was because because you know how I had a crush on her because I knew if she was real, I would have no shot. <laughs> uh, well, you, you know that thing like the girls that they can't have girls that aren't available. Right. I don't know what that's about, but this. Oh uh, man, there's some kind. Oh, I'm sure there's no. something behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's an intimacy issue there. Yeah, probably. probably. You know what, Billy? At our age, we're mm. too old to fix that. Yeah, I can't do nothing <laughs> about that now. And so I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day. She goes, "Oh, you should be over that by now." I go, "Nope." <laughs> no, no, I it's can't like, do nothing so, about it. So, um, um, so what do you, what do, you, what are the paintings to you? Are they, are they like just a pure feeling of emotion or? They're, they're mostly emotion, but and but what usually uh, spurs them is is either an idea about something like something I saw, something I thought, or something 
somebody said, but most of them are usually egged on by some piece of music I heard. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, like sometimes like I we sit down and listening to a Miles Davis record and, and it would mm. just spur me to paint, you know? Mm. And I would start painting and just put the headphones on and turn them up or I'd be listening to, you know, an audio book or something and somebody would say something. And But it seems like, it seems like I think years of avoiding any kind of stimulus and now mm-hmm. just being open to all stimulus, so almost every, anything kind of gets me wanting to do it. Mm. You know. So there's a certain hunger in there. For That's what stimulus. I think it is. What do you mean that you avoided stimulus? Well, you know, like I wouldn't, I didn't want to react to anything that was going on around me, so I mi- I missed everything. So if somebody was you looking mean at because of your yeah, bringing with your dad and yeah, everything. So I was just so you were afraid to show anything. I was afraid to show any kind of anything to anybody about anything because the thing was I my I thought what would happen was that this person would just hurt me, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't want to get hurt. So I thought if I just keep to myself and not say anything to anybody, you know, then I can't get hurt. You know. So it sounds like the desire to paint sort of came with some. Um, let's say healing, growth, mm. desire to get out of that. I would say place. that, and I, I think also the the uh, just the the uh, desire to express myself. Mm. You know, and I think mm. that's what the radio show does as well. It's I can say things through the music that I might not be able to put into words, mm-hmm. but I can mm-hmm. put the music together, and the music can say it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, how does it feel now when you? get reactions to your paintings, like putting them out there? Or what's that feel like? It's, 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 you know, it's really interesting because, uh, I, I, you know, I, I know that the person that looking at the painting has no idea about how it came about or why it's like it it's is. It's abstract. Yeah. They're abstract paintings. Yeah. And, uh, but it's interesting listening to what they see in it, like how other people see things. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, ah, you know what I mean? You're actually learning mm. from, uh, you're actually learning about yourself, maybe, from how yeah. other people respond. Yes. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And then, and then that in turn inspires me to paint more. Wow. You know, because. That's so cool. What kind of things have stuck in your head that, that you've gotten from other people? Oh, and when somebody goes, oh man, you know, I can, I can, I can see like a lion in there. Is that a lion? <laughs> and I go, wow, you know, when I did that, I, it wasn't even on my mind. What was on my mind when I did, let's say, that particular paint, painting was, you know, was soul sacrificed by Santana. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's so funny. You know, so it's kind of like, it's interesting. So then, you know, you, you have, more ideas of things you might go oh i wonder what it would be like to paint a lion you know and then oh wow and then you go and do that and then it it comes out maybe not necessarily a lion but it comes out with something what from whatever's inside of you you know from that sensibility yeah but um it sounds like you're having a way of communicating in a in a certain way that's at a different, like, kind of on an instinctual level yeah. or an emotional gut level with other people through your work. I would say very, I would definitely say emotional, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably a lot of the rewarding. So if it wasn't for, say, quote-unquote, social media, do you think this would be 
you know, I mean, of course, you could always hang your work up anywhere, but, you know, um, it's also really hard as a visual artist to get mm. feedback on your work sometimes because mm. you're not there when people are looking at it right. necessarily. Right. So, you know, if it's hanging in a building or somewhere not in your home, you right. know, you never know who's You thought. never know. That's right. So um, do you think that social media has uh, changed your relationship with your work? I, I, I truly believe it because it's like, uh, you know, if you if you want to get automatic feedback, you can get it. You know, just by putting stuff mm-hmm. out someplace because somebody so will maybe, say something. Mm-hmm. So that's part of your um, motivation or what you find satisfying is that you're able to communicate with people more directly through your work because of social media. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's part so you're of it. Not, it it's, it's not all like the kind of artist that makes a painting, hangs it in a gallery and expects people to come see it like you are communicating directly through your work in the medium that's in the combination of mediums that are available to you yeah it's kind of like pretty good i like like that like art people did you get that (laughs) art people listening that is really really good i haven't really thought about art painting that way and having people because most artists complain that people look at their work online and they're not really getting the full you know beauty of it or the full experience of it right, right. but but you're not an egomaniac about that and you're actually being rewarded for it which i love so you know what we only have two minutes okay. left um billy okay billy yes <laughs> so i think i think we need to like wrap this up i okay. think we should give uh what do you think yeah I, I two minutes it. yeah we have, we have well yeah, I think we covered a lot, though. I feel like uh, I know yeah. you a lot better. I, I feel. I got to know you. I mean, it's really interesting. You're, you know what, Billy? You're mm. definitely an interesting guy. We we filled that whole hour <laughs> with like you. You fucking got to make out with. You know, <laughs> does everybody the station know that you got to make out with Marion Faithful? I I think I don't. I'm not sure if I mentioned it at one of the, the meetings. You know, when does Tom you the, know that Tom know about that? I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, we're going to have to definitely get this out there that you made out with Marion <laughs> I think it's going to really help your show. But um, let's make sure that everybody sticks around and listens to Elon Danziger's show, yeah. Lost and Rewound. Lost and Rewound. That's next, coming up next. That's next. It's up next. He's great, right? Yes, and he um, is. let's make sure that uh, we have to tell everybody that they were listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And thank you so much for listening, folks. Thanks, folks. Uh, Stick around for Elon and come back every Thursday, 2 to 3, to listen to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit um, and broadcast, rebroadcast on Friday oh, awesome. at, uh, at uh, 8, 8, 8 to 9 a.m. Oh, awesome. And tune into Billy's show, too. Billy, say your shows. That's right. Time. Attitude Go Adjustment ahead. Hour, Thursday mornings at 11 and Cosmic Debris, Sunday night at 11. Right here. So stick around. Yeah, make sure you listen to Billy's stuff. And- Dr. Lisa gives a shit.